The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. We call America the land of the free, but America has the highest rate of incarceration in the entire world. America ignores the UN declaration that slavery in all its forms shall be prohibited. This declaration recognizes that all human beings are born free and are equal in dignity and rights, and that these rights are universal. When will our nation align with these universal principles? Hi, I'm Michael Kavnat. This is the Next Big Idea Daily, and it's Thursday. Are you free? If you are, count your blessings, because slavery and bondage are both historical facts and present-day realities. And they're also crippling psychological states, according to Deborah Plant, author of the new book of Greed and Glory in Pursuit of Freedom for All. Deborah is a scholar and critic specializing in the life and works of Zora Neale Hurston, Here she is to share some of her key insights. To talk about slavery and the injustice of it is really to talk about freedom and personal sovereignty because slavery is unnatural to the human spirit. And this makes slavery an impossible idea. What I have come to understand through my research, analyses, and observations is that slavery is not so much an institution as it is a mindset, a worldview that is filled with constructs of self-proclaimed so-called slave masters and ideations of so-called slaves and inferior or servile others. And I saw, too, that the consequences of that mindset and worldview were that slavery has been reproduced in various forms in every sector of our modern society. In our contemporary world, mass incarceration is just one form that slavery takes. We call America the land of the free, but America has the highest rate of incarceration in the entire world. Though our nation is a founding member of the United Nations, America ignores the UN declaration that slavery in all its forms shall be prohibited. This declaration recognizes that all human beings are born free and are equal in dignity and rights, and that these rights are universal. When will our nation align with these universal principles? The 13th Amendment of our U.S. Constitution continues to sanction slavery. The amendment states that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude shall exist in the United States and its territories. However, in that same statement is the exception that permitted the use of slavery as a punishment for crime. This criminal exception loophole allowed for the expansion of the convict leasing and prison systems and the re-enslavement of newly freed African Americans in postbellum America. 
It would also facilitate the growth of the prison industrial complex and the mass incarceration that we are experiencing and witnessing in present-day America. In the 1970s, America's prison population was around 350,000. Today, we have over 2.5 million American citizens locked up in jails and prisons across our nation. Of that 2.5 million, over 200,000 have been sentenced to life in prison. And my brother, Bobby Plant, is one of those American citizens who has been caged for life. Back in 2000, my brother was sentenced to life at hard labor in the Louisiana State Penitentiary in Angola, Louisiana. And he was sentenced without the possibility of parole. Without the possibility of parole. And that means that no matter what kind of rehabilitation he may experience, no matter what redemptive qualities he may have cultivated, he has been condemned to live and die in prison on a former slave plantation in Angola, Louisiana. Ultimately, what this means is that my brother has been reduced to the status of a slave. It means that politicians and prison officials will continue to treat my brother not as a human being, not as a citizen, not as a person, but as property, property belonging to the state of Louisiana. In one of his letters, my brother wrote, I think a lot about what I could be doing if I was at home. All my days are being wasted, and I feel like I could be doing something with my life. I'm smart, and I learn fast, but I have nothing to do here. What is my purpose of living? I'm not helping anyone or doing anyone any good. I feel like my life should have meaning. Perpetual slavery may be alive and well in America, but we all have a right to hope and to the possibility of a future. And thus, perpetual slavery, in whatever form it takes in America, is unacceptable. It is barbaric, and it has no place in a just society. If we are to eradicate the practices and politics of the peculiar institution of slavery from American soil, it is not enough to only recognize the insidious forms enslavement takes as it relates to African Americans. We must also become familiar with and knowledgeable of the essence of slavery, which is to say that we must become aware of the insidious and mostly unconscious master-slave mentality, a mentality that manifests as the dehumanizing objectification of human beings as property, property to be dominated, subjugated, exploited, and disposed of with indifference. The master-slave dynamic did not remain on southern plantations, and it did not die on American Civil War battlefields. This dynamic thrives at the core of the intersecting and interlocking systems of racialized injustice, monopoly capitalism, patriarchy, notions of white supremacy, and elitism. The master-slave dynamic is deeply rooted in an ideology of greed and glory and the voracious desire for excess and tyrannical power. 
Brian Stevenson, the acclaimed social justice and public interest attorney, has pointed out that slavery did not end with the 13th Amendment, but that slavery evolved. It changed form. Well, the American Revolution did not end with the signing of the Treaty of Paris in 1783. The American Revolution continued and is continuing, and we are its living promise. It is our responsibility to take this revolution to its next phase. Many of us may be familiar with the story of Elizabeth Willing Powell, the prominent Philadelphia socialite and civic leader who, in the aftermath of the Constitutional Convention of 1787, asked Benjamin Franklin, what have we got, a republic or a monarchy? And Franklin replied, a republic, if you can keep it. So it is not enough to know and espouse the watchwords of our democracy, if we are to keep it. A democratic republic, a government of, by, and for the people was fashioned for us. And if we are to keep it, then we the people must become conscious of the ways that our inalienable rights to life liberty, and happiness are being undermined. If we are to keep this precious republic, we are to evolve our consciousness to reflect the ideals inherent in our American revolution. We must live the attributes of equality, liberty, and justice for all in our daily lives. The evolutionary phase of our American revolution requires we the people to embody the ideals that are fundamental to the retention of our freedoms and liberty. It requires us to become consciously aware human beings and citizens who are open to authentic, respectful, and critical dialogue and conversation with one another. It requires us to think about the abolition amendments that have been debated at the federal and state levels and it requires us to engage in random and systematic evolutionary acts of justice and liberty. We have a sovereign legacy to keep. And for all of us who believe in freedom, this is our destiny. Thank you, Deborah. That's it for today, everyone. Come on back tomorrow when we'll hear from Bonnie Wan, author of the new book, The Life Brief, a playbook for no regrets living. I'm Michael Kavanagh. See you tomorrow.